Hello and welcome to When Wrestlers Act. I'm John Cronshaw and I'm back once again with Colin. Hello, Colin. How are you? Good, um, Colin. Yeah, reasonable. <laughs> Thank you. Yourself, John? I'm good. I'm good. I've had a good, good. week. But... Let's, um, let's pretend that this is one of those TV programs and we've seen each other a hundred times and for no reason exchanged a polite handshake. Now that's out of the way. Kim Possible. Yeah, so we've just watched Kim Possible Series 1, Episode 12. This was an interesting program. It starred, was it Goldberg? Goldberg and Test. The late, great Test. Yeah, I like the Twitter feed that is just, is Test still dead? Every now and then, the guy pops up and just says, yes, and that's it. So, Kim Possible, what actually happened? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not knocking it. I mean, nothing happened. No, you just don't understand what was going on. (laughs) Well, they were outside a mall being apparently chased by some big people shouting steal and pain. Then they make good their escape by using a grapple rope and then end up in the mall. It's Kim, Kim Possible, that's her name, and her friend Ron. So Ron is like the geeky sidekick, what would you call him, gamma male kind of thing. So he's the type who hangs around with the hot girl, he's her friend, in an attempt that You know, maybe one day she'll take an interest in me, but, you know, it's never going to happen. Like Sam and Clarissa. Possibly. I don't remember Clarissa that well. See, I remember Clarissa very well. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I meant the programme, not just Melissa Joan Hart. No, no, that's fine. So we get introduced to, or is it Global Force Wrestling? Something like that. (laughs) The Global Wrestling Alliance, I think it was. And we get introduced to the wrestlers. They're in the ring. This is in the mall. They've got a... I don't know. It's a bit like the first episode of Nitro, I suppose, where they're actually in a mall. And they've got <laughs> two wrestlers. One of them is called Steel Toe. And one of them is called Pain King. That's right. Isn't that and the guy City? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. And Steel Toe has got a foot that's mainly titanium rather than steel. Yeah. I chuckled at that. Yeah, it was fine. It's a cartoon, by the way. Should have stressed that earlier. (laughs) (laughs) And they're both masked, built like brick shit houses. Because they've been taking too many steroids. Yeah, and they both roar a lot and do wrestling. So they've got this ring set up. They introduce... When I first heard this guy's voice, I was convinced it was Gilbert Gottfried, but it wasn't. It was just some guy with a generic New York accent. And I was, fucking hate Gilbert Godfrey. I know you do, Colin. I was hoping <laughs> it was just for that. <laughs> I knew it'd wind you up. <laughs> so, he was the promoter. And he was basically like a Vince McMahon character. And he was bigging up the wrestlers and saying, you know, come and see us at the WrestlePlex or wherever it was. Middleton. Middleton? Was that what it was? Middleton, yes. Yeah. At some place in Middleton. Every single shitty city in the north of England has got a town called Middleton. There's one in Manchester, there's one in Leeds, I think there's one in Sheffield. Kim mentioned something about that she wants to go and see a Cleopatra exhibition, Cleopatra's Closet. Now, I was confused. I thought she was referring to the late 90s, early 2000s girl group called Cleopatra coming at you. No, I I thought she was referring to um, the song by the Spin Doctors, but that's Cleopatra's Cat. No, the song by the Spin Doctors is called Two Princes. Oh, that's the the other song. No. They did? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> they did one song, and it was called Two Princes. I think it might have been the B-side. No. They did one song. If you flipped over the tape or the record, it would be Two Princes. That's all you need. Fair enough. For the love of God. <laughs> I stand corrected. The wrestling is turning into a bit of a mini-riot, and Kim meets a new friend called Monique, who's a friend. She's going to be a friend. I'm sure she'll appear in future episodes. Maybe, maybe not. And because Kim turns up during the riot and does some stuff, she gets backstage passes to the wrestling. Yeah, that's how it works. She says to a friend, Ron, who's very excited, he's like, well, you've got backstage passes. That's amazing. She's like, oh, I really want to go to this Cleopatra exhibition instead. Boom. So she's got a new friend. We've got the Siege of Jealousy. We've got now the exhibition... And what does she find at the exhibition, Colin? I can't remember. It was so blank in my mind. There was a tied-up guard. the amulet or something? Yeah, the tied-up guard. That was a clue. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. So, and then there's a guy who's, like, glowing, looks like he's on fire, and he's got a thing, a talisman, that he's stolen. For some reason, all through this, Kim gets messages from someone who can use the internet and search for stuff, some info geek. So, that's useful. What year was this? I've no idea. The fact that Test was in it should be a clue. The fact that it was like 4-3 ratio as well should be a clue. Yeah. So It can't be any later than 2003. That's when Goldberg left wrestling, I think. Okay, so it's probably about that kind of time, isn't it? 2002 or something. Who knows? So she's got a futuristic Google thing, or whatever that one's called with the iPhone or the Alexa. Yeah, that's the one. Is it Alexa? No, that's Amazon, isn't it? Siri? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not cool. No, those weird, creepy spy units in your homes. Don't want one. No, thanks. Call me paranoid, but when they literally are listening, that's... <laughs> yeah. We find out about the talisman, and it gives people superhuman strength. Isn't it like the talisman of Anubis, I want to say? Something like that. It's, yeah. it's always Anubis, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's the, basically the jackal god. And the yeah. jackal thing in... Egyptian mythology, which is always fun and exciting. Did I blink and miss all this? This is what I'm saying. You were saying there was nothing happened. This was there was loads of stuff in this. It was great. <laughs> and so we've got the B story, the, the little subplot of the jealousy between Ron and Monique. So Kim reveals that she's going to spend time with Monique and not go to the wrestling. Ron I know what what a weirdo. Yeah, she starts drinking. Is it smoothies? Smoothies, yeah. thinks that that's weird. Why would you think that that is weird? I have a smoothie for my breakfast pretty much every day. Yeah, I have eggs because I'm a man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we have the wrestlers in the locker room and they're chatting to each other, really friendly, talking about how they're taking the kids to Martha's Vineyard, whatever that is, whoever she is. It's a place in northeast USA. Cool. It's an area of natural beauty. Yeah. Door opens... And they start roaring at each other and going, I'm going to kick your ass kind of thing. So they change personalities. But, oh, it's okay. It's the promoter who is, you know, he owns the company. And he's like, I really want to be in the match. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe they're taking the mickey out of Vince McMahon a bit at that point. That's <laughs> yes. what I thought. I thought, yeah, Vince McMahon, Eric Bischoff, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. God damn it. If you're a wrestling promoter, you need to get in the ring. So the wrestlers 
basically take the piss out of him, say he's too small to be a wrestler. It's like he's probably one of the biggest ones now. But yeah. It's like two heads taller than Johnny Gargano, for God's sake. He's rubbish at Johnny Gargano anyway. He'll never amount to anything. So the promoter has the talisman. He's the guy who's stolen it. He stole what? that, Colin. It's him. He, he's the bad guy all along, the evil promoter. Can you believe it? No. And what happens when he wears a talisman? He has to recite this thing so he can become evil and big. Yeah. And and, he, um, he and then gets in the ring thing. and has a and uh, cuts a promo on the two wrestlers and then he's much bigger than them, even though they're all roidy. Yeah. Maybe this is a metaphor for steroids in the early 2000s. Yeah. Ancient wisdom is better than drugs. I don't know. <laughs> or is it uh, Carl Jung said about you can't have wisdom that you haven't earned or something. Maybe it's to do with that. Same with roids. It's a metaphor. I think that's what it's working on here. These kind of deep archetypal things. It's great storytelling, man. Great storytelling. <laughs> and then we get the subtext, more subtext, more layers upon layers of story here. We've got Kim. She's in a cafe. I think she's drinking a latte. You know, she's changing, man. She's changing. She used to be cool, but now she's cool. Yeah, exactly. Now she's drinking smoothies and lattes with a friend. And it's not Ron, is it? It's a different friend. It's Monique. And she actually feels guilty about this. She feels terrible because, you know, Ron's a friend. I mean, he might be like a gun male who's just kind of hanging out with her because he thinks that there'll be a chance one day that she and she. Yeah, and she has a nice um, pointy little boobies as well that he's got his eye on. But this is... They were very pointy. <laughs> yeah, she's just like <laughs> ridiculous shape. And then it, it's revealed that her new cool friend who drinks lattes and smoothies loves wrestling. <sighs> Boom. So it comes full circle. I like that. That's a nice little bit of, you know, the B story here. Perfect. You know, you got the turn. You got it's, It works really well. It's it's a really well-structured story, Colin, to be honest. Works really you well. say, is this the author in you speaking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The subplot actually works really well in this. Right. I have to say. Very impressed. Very impressed. Why do uh, you have to say that? Because <laughs> usually I'm just like, none of this makes sense. This is crap. <laughs> this is rubbish. What? Why is that? Why is Hulk Hogan suddenly here? And why has he been friends with this alcoholic? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, there wasn't anything in this within the world I thought it all made sense it all fit together it was fine no I, I agree with that <laughs> we've got the jackal in the ring and he's manhandling the Goldberg and Test characters the steel toe uh, what was he Pain the Pain, Pain. man whatever yeah. it's called jackal guy has insane powers he can do stuff involving was it sand stuff and like wind yeah. and all this elemental shit man it was Awesome. <laughs> so I thought that was good. I thought, gosh, how are they going to do anything with this? And because the promoter has basically got this like Napoleon complex thing, hasn't he? Where he's like, I'm on a little, you know, you know, like the angry little man kind of uh, stereotype. It's like the little guy who, you know, he's a bit downtrodden and he's he's a bit grumpy. Like when Daniel Bryan turned heel um, a few years ago and then had his feud with Kane because he was angry, then they formed a tag team. Yeah, and he offers an open challenge to anyone who wants to take him on. Who would take this man on, John? Well, Kim Possible, of course. She can do the Kim Possible. (laughs) Yeah. You said the name of the programme, John. Well done. Yeah, so she knows what she needs to do. 
and it is what, Colin? What does she have to do? How can she defeat a godlike jackal? Well, you've got to go to the source of his power. Exactly. Which is the talisman. The talisman of Anubis, of course. Of Anubis, because it's always Anubis. I assume it's called that, I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it's a jackal. It's the jackal goggle. It's either Anubis or Imhotep. It's not Imhotep. Would it have surprised you if it was Imhotep? I wish it was. Yeah, that would, <laughs> would have been good. Again, a well-constructed ending here, because you have a tri-fail cycle. That works. Ron. Remember him? He's the geeky friend of Kim's. Who's like yeah, he's still there. Yeah, so he's like the psyche character and he hangs around with Kim because I think one day he thinks, ah, oh, you know, if I'm friendly with her, then one day I'll get laid and she'll eventually go out with me. Whereas what will happen really is he'll watch her have a series of boyfriends, each of them terrible, and he'll hate each and every one of them, but yet he'll still keep being friends with her just because of that glimmer of hope. And then one day she'll settle down with just a bloke and he'll still be a virgin i wonder if he's based on ron weasley possibly that would be funny if it was yeah yeah he gives a pep talk to the wrestlers he's saying you know you're wrestlers and then there's a rat is it a rat something Uh, it's a a gerbil a hamster some sort of largish rodent maybe it's a stoat or an ermine like an ermine i think i think it was a gerbil or a hamster or Some a guinea pig. Chinchilla? A, yeah. a shaved guinea pig is what I'm going with. Yeah. A smooth yeah. guinea pig. All right. A smooth guinea pig. Okay. This was stupid because I'd never seen this before. This hadn't featured in the story. It wasn't like, oh, my ermine slash <laughs> hamster slash gerbil thing has been bothering me. Or, oh, I wish that this gerbil slash stout slash ermine slash gerbil thing wouldn't keep biting my necklace i don't know there was no setup at all for this now what we'd call this in writing circles is a deus ex machina do you know what that is colin i'm just gonna ignore you would you like me to mansplain it would you like me to because i can because i'm a man i'd like you to fuck off (laughs) (laughs) yes uh, continue. Are you, are you enjoying? Sorry, me continue. Are you enjoying me in Bellin mode tonight? You are very much in Bellin mode. <laughs> it's been a while. I feel it has. Yeah. But it's this Deus song. Is it Memoirs of the Festival by Danish rock band Deus? No, no. no. So this, ah. this was a thing in Greek plays. Deus Ex Machina is the machines of God, and it was the protagonist in the play would get to such a point where everything was wrong. Everything had just gone to shit. There was nothing they can do. Paint themselves into a corner with the story. And then suddenly a god would appear out of nowhere and make everything better. And people would just be like, oh. Wasn't that the name of a Smashing Pumpkins album? Well, there was Machina and Machina 2. Ah, okay. Which wasn't very good. (laughs) Yeah, Smashing Pumpkins, I think they were like Fleetwood Mac. They did one good album and that was it. I'd give them two. I'd give them two and a B-size album. I'll give them what, Fleet, Fleetwood Mac or... Um, I think Fleetwood Mac did two good albums as well. <laughs> they did, did Rumours and they did the one with Landslide on. So that was good. Oh, the best of Fleetwood Mac. Best of That's all you need really, isn't it? Best of Rumours and Landslide and yeah. Albatross. Yeah, and just cut off all the 80s shit they did. <laughs> Terrible. Ugh. But, and they uh, did that one, um, that one that they covered by the courts. Yes, they did. That was on Rumours, though, so you were yes. aware of that. Some of their earlier blue stuff, actually, is pretty cool. Okay. 
So what about this Greek thing? <laughs> yeah, I explained it. It's just like when something that hasn't been in the story before just appears from nowhere and solves everything. And it's crap when it happens. I think one of the main ones recently is like Peter Jackson's Lord of the Ring movies when they had the big army come at the end, just like, you know, over the hill. It's like, oh, you've arrived. Well done, just as we're all in trouble. Yes, I'm, I'm trying to put it into wrestling terms. Is it like when Rikishi rang over Stone Cold Steve Austin? It'd be a little bit like a dusty finish where somebody would win a title or something like that and then the next day the referee would come out and go oh now we reversed it and it's like oh okay we thought we'd seen a title range like, oh yeah well he had his foot on the ropes ah <laughs> uh, like when they were doing the Daniel Bryan thing and they had that dodgy referee fast counting that sort of thing that kind of play and then they the took story. off the title the next day yeah like all that stuff I don't know it's basically an excuse for to do a bit of a crap lazy ending and it's had a crap lazy ending because of that to get back to it so we get Jack he's the promoter he's the Vince McMahon character who I thought sounded a bit like Gilbert Gottfried but I thought it was Vince McMahon but it looked more like um, Paul Heyman yeah I think it was a composite to be honest I think if they'd done it as Vince McMahon they would have put the kibosh on it but the fact they made it look like Paul Heyman was probably like Oh, if you're going to do wrestling promoter is crap, you need to make it look like this guy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I reckon it was like, you can use our wrestlers, you can use Goldberg and Tess, but we'd really like it if you said this <laughs> or used something like this. Uh, so we're getting to the end of this now. Yeah. Where, so um, so the wrestlers basically beat up Jack. Because they're bullies. The guy had used the talisman of Anubis to turn into a Anubis. jackal with godlike powers. I understand that, but when they're clearly superior to him, do they need to beat him up? Yes. He's yeah. learned his lesson. You speak with your fists in the ring, Colin. Oh, I suppose, and they were still in the ring at that point. Exactly. All right, yeah. I will condone violence on this occasion. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final scene we have, this is, you know, the wrap-up of the subplot, which is basically Monique and Ron and Kim. They're all friends. Yeah. but They are, but Kim... You know, she's like, oh, who are you guys? And so on. And and, these are going to be interesting friends. And it's got Monique and Ron being competitive. And for some reason, they're eating tortillas quickly. It's like going to a buffet with you. It is. (laughs) Because I do that, apparently. (laughs) Anyway, do you know what this episode is, John? It's the new series of Alan Partridge. What, it was fine? No, I don't think it was fine. It is going on the chart, but we'll come to that later. Yeah. But I'm leaning towards putting the new series of Alan Partridge on the chart. I thought the first couple of episodes... I I know that a couple of weeks ago you were saying that you were waiting for a plot to emerge, and I was just enjoying what appeared to be like knowing me, knowing you, and just all the cringe comedy, but... I started watching the fifth episode a couple of nights ago, even though the series is now finished, and I turned it off after five minutes. I was just bored. Yeah, it wasn't very good. (laughs) It's not very good, and, you know, they've just turned it into the Alan Partridge show when they've got this... I know it is all about Alan Partridge, but they've got this other presenter, and she's really good. I really like watching her. I think she's hilarious. She's really cringy, and... 
she upsets me every time I see her. <laughs> yes. And But they have just turned it into, I'm Alan Partridge, but him doing TV again. I just thought, it's rubbish. It took ages for that to come along and... I sent you a text after 10 minutes while I was watching it and saying I'm still waiting for a plot to emerge. And bearing in mind that this show was 20 minutes long and one minute of that was the opening credits. I actually timed the opening theme music. It was a minute exactly because I was thinking to myself, this is going on a long time. (laughs) And one minute in a 20-minute program is a long, long time. And it took a while for the plot to emerge. And I was quite underwhelmed when said plot did him emerge, unfortunately. It's shit, but it's only getting a three on the chart. It's just going down as shit. Because it is kids programming, and it is short attention spam stuff. The whole stuff that they did with the the wrong and Monique and stuff, they tried to make it appeal to teenagers, and I just thought, yeah, that's all I can say about it. It's just, yeah. What you have to realise, Colin, is this wasn't written for men in their so, late 30s. <laughs> for sophisticated city folk like me. Exactly. When yeah. you were going on about Greek shit earlier, I looked up the series on the Wikipedias, and it was 2002. But what else is interesting is, as of this year, there is a live-action film that went straight to Disney Channel. Wow. I know. I bet that's not got wrestlers in it, though. No. I'm glad they've made a live-action version. That's going to be great. (laughs) I mean, you know, it lets you look at Kim Possible and not feel creepy. (laughs) So, would you agree 3 slash 4 on the chat? I don't know. I I just thought it was fine. I, I didn't find it offensive. I thought it was what it was. There seemed to be, like, an effort to actually structure it like a TV show. It didn't feel like the mess that we've watched on some things. It just, it was just there, you know. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I think, I I think it is one of those times. No, I can, but I think it's one of those times where you're first thing in the morning and you're brushing your teeth and you think, oh, I need to go. And you have a sit down and you know you've had a poo, but then you look in the toilet bowl and there's nothing there because it's dense and it's just gone straight down. Oh, go and, you wipe, and you wipe your bum and there's nothing on the toilet paper. It's yeah. that sort of shit. Like a dream shit almost. A yeah. dream shit that probably happened, but you just can't be sure. You can just reach down and check. What, you mean round the U-bend? Yeah, just get your arm down there. You know. Yeah, but once it's gone down that U-bend, it's probably gone away anyway. It wasn't terrible. It's got to be good to not go on the chart, and I wouldn't say it was good. I'd say it was average. I think we're getting controversy here on the show. I think we're getting the foundations of a feud here, because I honestly believe that in order to keep up the integrity of the stool chart, it needs to be (laughs) shit. And it's like, it's just what kind of shit? This was fine. It really wasn't bad, and it wasn't good either. It was just there. Look, I'll tell you what other sort of shit it was then. It It was the type when... I'm feeling a bit bored at work, so I'll go and have a nice long one. <laughs> Just to fill in a bit of time. Do some brown loading. Yeah. <laughs> it's that sort of shit. Check the sports results. I want to say it was a constipated shit, and it certainly wasn't sloppy. It just happened. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, we're in agreement. No, we're not in agreement. <laughs> what about the Wii chart then? If, if you can come up with a Wii chart, if there is a Wii chart that exists for mediocrity. No, the Wii chart's all about dehydration. They have one on the wall at work. It says what colour your Wii should be. That's a bit creepy for a workplace. I've seen it in a few offices. It's not just um, my government office that are working. Okay. Basically, it's saying your Wii should be this colour. If it's not, drink more water. You're dehydrated. It's all to do with wellness and... They're trying to say, you know, be healthy. Who are they to tell you what to do? Yeah, the yeah. government. So, thanks for listening <laughs> to <laughs> When Wrestlers Act. We are heading out of this episode with creative differences, so we might not be back. Until next time, maybe. Cheerio. Bye-bye.